the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The one who has promised is faithful. And he knows your needs. He knows the needs in your marriage. He knows the needs in your singleness. He knows your needs, and this is his promise. He promises to supply your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11 is where you'll find our scripture reading today. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm continuing this message series called Love Stories. We're looking at individuals in the Bible that have come together and have married and Now we get to learn from them. And what we're discovering is there's some messed up people in the Bible because they're all sinners like us. Heard about little Susie. Susie had just come home from kindergarten and she had learned a new story. It was a story of Snow White and Prince Charming. She was so excited to tell her mom about this fairy tale. So she gets home and she begins to tell her mom the story. She gets to the part where she says, Prince Charming shows up on his white horse. He kisses Snow White and she instantly comes back to life. And then he, Susie says, mom, do you know what happens next? And her mom says, yeah, they live happily ever after. And Susie says, nope. They get married. (laughs) And in that sentence, Susie describes what we recognize as a challenge for a lot of people, that some people think that those two things can't go together, that you can't be married and live happily ever after. That the challenges, the difficulties, the problems that come into our relationships keep us from experiencing what we really want to experience. That's why in our church, we want to celebrate marriage. And in fact, we recognize that there are milestones in life that throughout history, people have gone through. Let me remind you of those milestones. First of all, you uh, leave home and then you finish school and then, then you get a job and then you get married and then you start a family. Those are kind of the historical milestones. And yet in our society, partially because of what Susie said, People have not looked positively at marriage, and so they've pushed off getting married and and starting a family. And and so we want to acknowledge that marriage is a good thing. In fact, it's a God thing, and we celebrate it in our church. So uh, I want you to help me celebrate it. So listen very carefully. If you're here in this room and, and you've been married 25 years or longer, would you stand up right now and let us just honor you? Remain standing. That is awesome. Way to go. Listen carefully. 
If you've been married 35 years or longer, remain standing. 35 years or longer, remain standing. That's exciting. 45 years or longer, remain standing. That's good stuff. Let's just keep revving it on up. 55 years or longer, remain standing. All right, Kyle, you guys, come on down. I've got a gift for you. Come on down. Yeah, you guys, Kyle. Yes, you, come on down right now. How many years? Just shout it out as you make your way here. No, there's two more. Wait, stop. I've been tricked. There's more. How many years you got, Mr. Mr. Ralph? How many years? 61. How about you guys? Sixty-four? Does anybody beat sixty-four? I'm so sorry, Kyle, but you guys come on down. Come on down. We've got a gift for you. We've got a gift for you. Sixty-four years. Would you just give them another hand? This is awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, actually give that to him, because after 64 years, he needs to take you out on a hot date, all right? All right, you guys can be seated. That's awesome. But we're celebrating marriage, right? And so uh, what about this? If you've been married, you're still married, but you've been married five years or less, would you stand up in the room five years or less standing up in the room? Okay, remain standing. Four years or less, remain standing. Three years or less, remain standing. I got in trouble last time. So there's just two couples standing, right? Both of you are less than a year, right? How many months? Eight months. How many months? Eleven months. Eight months wins it. You guys come on down here. All right, so now I want you to take her on a hot date, and you keep this up for the next 63-plus years, okay? Everybody say congratulations, eight months. All right. Well, last week we talked about how to have a match made in heaven, and I gave you four words from the lives of Adam and Eve. I said you've got to begin by understanding your identity, that you have to know who you are created in the image of Christ. And if you don't really know who you are, you're not fit to be in a relationship with another person yet. And so some of you, you've never established that, and you wonder why every relationship you get into is a mess. And it's because you've, you've not accepted who you are in the image of God. And then we talk about authority because although we are individuals created uniquely in the image of God, we are up under the umbrella of his authority, right? And if we have any doubts in our, in our world today, we know what he tells us to do because of his word, the Bible. So, so, The truth is, if I, in my relational life, try to live outside of the boundaries of God's word, I'm usurping the authority from God, and I'm I'm thumbing my nose at the guardrails and the guidelines 
that he's put in life. And then we talked about compatibility and that unique way that God created us. Uh, He is a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he created us in a triune way. He created us in, in body, spirit, and soul. And so when I'm looking for that person to be compatible with me, I want someone to whom I'm physically attracted If that's not there, that's going to eventually become a problem, I would suggest to you. So you want that physical attraction, but that's not where I stop. I I look at that spirit of the individual, their their mind, what they like to do. Do we enjoy doing things together more than just that physical attraction? But then maybe the most important is that soul connection, that on the most important things that we're on the same page, what the Bible calls being equally yoked that our priorities are are the same, and, and that begins with a relationship with Christ. And then we talked about intentionality, and, and that's the recognition that even with all of these things, marriage is work. How many of you know marriage is hard work sometimes? Let me see your hand. Yeah, it is. It is. Kimberly and I have been married 29 years, and we've had some great times. And then we've had some moments of... Uh, of heated fellowship. I mean, sometimes it it can be challenging. It it can be difficult. And so you have to be intentional. And so we launched out of that verse in Genesis 1 and our Genesis 2 and verse 24, where it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So that intentionality involves leaving. It involves cleaving or clinging together. And it involves weaving your life together for 50, 60, 70 years, however long God gives you, right? But because it's not quite that easy, we're going to continue our our study. And one of the things we learned in the Garden of Eden is that marriage was always designed to involve more than just a husband and a wife because it's God that brought Adam and Eve together. So if marriage is going to work, We've got to get in line in a covenant relationship with him. Yes, you have a covenant husband and wife, but you've got a covenant also with God. It's a three-way relationship. And the closer that husband gets to God and the closer that wife gets to God, the closer they get to one another. And that covenant relationship fuels you and helps you. And, And that's so important in all of these biblical marriages because Listen, apart from Jesus, there's no one that's walked this earth that's perfect. That means every individual and thus every marriage is flawed. And so we need the help of a holy God to intervene in our lives. There won't be a perfect marriage. But we can learn from Scripture and we can see what those who've gone before us have done right and maybe what they've done wrong and see how to pursue God's best in every area of our life. This week, we look at the lives of Abraham and Sarah. And I just need to tell you right off the bat, this is one messed up couple. In fact, if Jerry Springer had been around when... Genesis was taking place. These guys, you're going to see, they would have been on it. And that's a big statement because they're also pretty important in our story. Every Jewish person that has ever been born comes from the lineage of Abraham. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, 
and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So the pinnacle of the story where we're going to land today God's faithful promise in their life and how they pursued that, it resulted in a great nation of of people being born. And yet getting there was messy. And that's really relevant, isn't it? Because some of us, even that have been married a few years, we would say, man, we're so glad we're together. But getting here has been messy. There have been some tough days. There have been some difficult times. There have been some problems. Now, let let me give you just a a little bit of background before we jump in and and look at these two people. It doesn't take you long in the Genesis story to see that Abraham and Sarah were not always called Abraham and Sarah. They actually had other names that you will see in these verses that I'm going to read with you today. Uh, God changed their name. He changed their name in the midst of demonstrating his faithfulness to his promises. But I'm just going to refer to them as Abraham and Sarah, because otherwise we get mixed up and it gets a little confusing. We're, We're first introduced to them in Genesis chapter 11, and we learn something very important about them. Look at what it says. And Abraham and Nahor, that's his brother, they took wives. And the name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and Iscah. Now, Sarah was barren. She had no child. And I wanted to begin there because I I want you to understand that this is a message about faith. And, And faith is when we see that which we could not see. It's allowing us to encounter the impossible, not just the improbable, but to recognize that our God is able to do things that we can't do. He can take our messes, and turn them into miracles. That's what he does in this relationship. That's what some of you need in your relationships. That's what God is able to do. So you've got this problem. Sarah's barren. And this becomes a bigger problem because God has a big promise from Abraham. Look in Genesis 15 in verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And he said, fear not, Abram, I'm your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you've you've given me no offspring, and a, a member of my household will be my heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you're able to number them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. 
Now, I just want to make sure you're keeping up. We start with this problem. You've got this couple, presumably a younger couple, as we're introduced to them in Scripture. And already the wife knows that she's unable to have children. And then you've got God, the creator of all who is, coming to the husband and saying, Hey, good news, your son is uh, he's going to be the father of, of nations. And it doesn't make sense. The problem seems bigger than the promise. And, and again, that's where some of you are, right? You're looking at your life, perhaps. You're looking at your marriage. And the problems seem bigger than the promise. But something interesting happens because when we read about this couple in the New Testament, we see that there's been a change. I love that we've got the back of the book. We know how this thing ends. And so, for example, we're going to talk about David and Bathsheba in a few weeks. And, and we, we learn about David's sinfulness and the way he dishonored God with Bathsheba and all the consequences of that. But in the New Testament, when we read about David, what does it call him? A man after God's own heart. So notice what it says about Abram and Sarah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And now Sarah enters the picture. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So some of you are at a place where you're thinking, I I don't know what else to do. Things just aren't working out. This, This is not what I signed up for. It's not the way it's supposed to go. Don't you think this young couple must have felt that way? And then like when God made the promise to Abraham, hey, your son's going to, he's like, God, you're adding insult to injury. It's not happening. Don't you understand? We've tried. It's not working. That's where some of you are. You you look at your life or you look at your relationship and you think, God, I, I feel like I've tried. I, I, I took steps in the right direction, but it's not working out. So what do you do when you don't know what else to do? Here's what you do. You trust the one who knows what to do. And that's what we see that Sarah did. Because it says of Sarah, she knew, she considered, she understood that he who is promised is faithful. I want you to say that phrase with me. Say, he who has promised is faithful. One more time. He who has promised is faithful. And when you enter into a marriage covenant with God and your spouse, you make promises. But God makes promises too. And when you encounter those promise, those problems, you've got to remember, he 
who is promised is faithful. So I want to back up and just kind of drive that point home before we go today. Abraham is first introduced to us in chapter 12 as a man of faith. Listen to what it says. Genesis 12 and verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. Now, let's just stop. Where was Abraham supposed to go? To the land God was going to show him. I, mean, I know, I heard that, but, but where? Did he know the direct, I mean, what direction am I supposed to start out in? From the moment that we hear about Abraham, we see that his relationship with God is necessarily one of faith. He's going to have to trust that God will direct him, not before he goes, but as he goes. And then God says, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went. He faithfully obeyed. And that's where Hebrews picks up the Abraham story. In obedience, Abraham went. And before we do anything else, let me just ask you today, is, is God asking you to step out in faith in a particular area of your life? Because this is really the crux of the issue. Maybe it's that you need a relationship with God, that you've got down the rituals, you've been through some of the religion, but you've never truly trusted God in faith. You've never accepted that I can't do this on my own. The only way I'm going to move forward in relationship is by trusting a God that I can't see. Maybe it's that you need to trust him in the area of your finances in faith. And and you need to begin to steward your finances the way that he's designed you to do that and trust that he'll be faithful. But for some of you, it's in your relationship. Or, Or for some of you, it's in your singleness. It's trusting him to be faithful even when you don't understand, it's stepping out in faith. Well, Abraham started strong, but unfortunately he didn't live it out in every area of his life. As I mentioned to you, this guy could be on Jerry Springer. I want you to see what happens in Genesis chapter 12. Now there was a famine in the land, and so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there. Now, to sojourn means to kind of hang out. And some of you are just hanging out. You're in that waiting season. In fact, in some of your translations, that Hebrew passage, it talks about Abraham sojourning in the land. That means there was a big, long season of waiting. So you got God's promise almost at at the introduction of Abraham. And then you've got what you're going to find out is 99. Say 99. 99 years before he sees the fulfillment to the promise. 
So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. And when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarah, his wife, I know that you are a woman, beautiful in appearance. In, in other words, you are hot. And at that point, this was a good conversation, right? I mean, guys, you're in a good place when you're turning to the love of your wife and say, man, you are beautiful in appearance. Remember we learned last week from the little boy when he was talking about how to stay in love? You, you tell your wife, she looks beautiful even if she looks like a truck. I mean, you really do. So you can't go wrong. But then notice what he says. The Egyptians will see you and they'll say, this is his wife. And then they'll kill me. But they'll let you live. So I've got a plan. Say you're my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. There's no way this could go wrong, is there? Can you believe this? You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.